go. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the LCR Media Podcast, where we get to know the pros in lawn care, landscaping, hardscaping, irrigation, turf management. It goes on and on. Everything green industry related. We're here on the LCR Media Podcast. I'm your host, LCR, and today I'm joined with no one. This is a solo episode. I'm here by myself. So in today's uh, IBG episode, uh, in-between guest episode, I call it. I'm trying to. Uh, I want to. I want to get these episodes to set up the upcoming season, the upcoming episodes that you're going to be listening to. Uh, so I just want to kind of talk a little bit about leaf season, leaf cleanups, leaf uh, removal. You know, here in Central Virginia, with the beginning of December, um, we're we're knee deep in leaf removal season. It's definitely uh, you know something that is kind of hit or miss depending on what kind of properties you have. Uh, this year has also, the leaves have seemed to fall in early. Uh, and and I, I know I've talked about this on social media a little bit, and there's definitely a consensus going on in different parts of the country where, you know, leaves seem to have be, been falling earlier. And I'm sure that has a lot to do with the weather and different factors. But, you know, I've been doing this, this is my seventh season now. And this is the first time that that I remember anyway that leaves uh, have fallen this early, meaning the trees are almost all empty. There's some trees that are still holding on. Uh, the trees that are always the last ones to drop, um, like the end of December, are still holding on in the beginning of December, while just about every other tree has pretty much cleared itself off, with the exception of you know some branches here and there that have some miscellaneous leaves holding on. So it's kind of like, what what do we do now? You know. Uh, normally this kind of goes on through the end of December into January where you're doing those kind of final cleanups. So that gives a lot of work for those of us that whether you're solo or you have employees, you know, you still kind of want to work. I know when I, when I was solo, it was definitely something I looked forward to the downtime to recharge, regroup, kind of recap the year and plan for the following year, you know, what worked, what didn't work, you know, what are my goals and so on, just kind of really reset and kind of get pumped for the new year um, and and just kind of relax a little bit. But, you know, the whole relaxing part and recharging, unwinding part really only lasted, you know, maybe a few days, maybe a few weeks at, at most. I mean, you know, you get through the holidays, you're excited that you kind of get to not go full blown sun up to sundown type thing at all day every day and spend some time with your family if you have any if not you know friends if if you don't have any of those things you know if you don't have friends or family and you're you're truly solo um I'm sure there's still something that you enjoy doing in your you know quote unquote free time when you're not doing lawn care landscaping and so on that you would that you look forward to getting kind of back into a little bit whether it's just sleep you know, or playing video games or watching movies or whatever it is, just, you know, maybe going on a vacation, whatever it is that, that you want to do, you look forward to doing that. But uh, from my experience and from social media, listening to a lot of other folks, again, various, you know, uh, areas of the country and various size businesses, solo crews, whatever, 
Uh, typically, Solo seems to be more of this situation where that that novelty kind of wears off of like, hey, you know, I've got some extra time or whatever, and, and it's an, it's good to just kind of relax and, and almost kind of do nothing a little bit. You get through the holidays and you're like, all right, well, now what? You know, it's January. January is literally the slowest month, I think, for just about anyone, whether you're in Florida to, you know, up to New York, um, you know, and, and beyond. I mean, just like all the way up north, unless you're getting pounded with snow all the way up north, January, I believe you know, for everyone is, is that this, the slower month, there's just not a whole lot going on in January. I mean, the holidays are, are done, you know, it, it takes a lot of creative thinking, you know, if you have different types of services, you know, yes, you can book all kinds of hardscaping projects, landscaping projects, things like that. But if you're just talking from a, a pure maintenance standpoint, lawn care, you know, just mowing, um, fertilizing the regular maintenance for, for, for turf, for grass, January, I believe, is universally one of the slowest months. So it becomes a challenge to keep your employees busy, you know, and get giving them hours and bringing revenue for your company to pay those hours and, and, and keep moving forward and pay all, all your expenses. And if you're solo, you know, you still are like, all right, well, I, you know, you could have saved up if you have your winter fund and, and you can live off of that. And you see that account going down, down, down. You're like, well, that's fine. I know it's going to build back up again all season. But with that being said, even from a financial standpoint, if you're still set, you still are not really doing as much. So again, January becomes that challenging month where you're not really sure, what, you know, maybe what you're going to do to get through, um, you know, at, through experience, you might develop different things, you know, whether you're solo or you're a company with crews, but ultimately January is the challenging time. And if you don't have leaves and other things to kind of get you through that, it's definitely something that can become stressful. And I know there's a lot of uh, depressive feelings and thoughts that people get into those mindsets, myself included. So where I, when I say earlier that, that the novelty wears off, you know, after the holidays hit January and you're like, all right, well, now what do I do? And you, that, that all kind of starts set, sitting in, um, setting into your mindset of, you know, you, negative thoughts and things that you're able to kind of push to the side or, you know, not even really be bothered with it because you're so busy doing positive things out there, working, earning a living, doing stuff you hopefully enjoy and, and providing for your family if you have one, or at least just for yourself and doing things that you want to do and paying the bills and all that kind of stuff that's important to you, you know, that, that, that all, you know, that, changes in January when, when is what I was trying to say. Uh, when, when you are working when you, when you're not working as much. Uh, so at any rate, what I have done in my, myself, I stayed away from leaves in the very beginning. You know, I had a really horrible nightmare leaf experience. And this is what I'm going to get into, uh, in, in this episode here is just share my nightmare leaf story that I've, I've alluded to a few times on social media and people are like, Oh, I can't wait to hear this. And I'm not the only one that has, that, you know, has had a lot of problems with leaf, leaf removal, leaf cleanups. Uh, you know, it's one of those things where it, they're not all created equal. Basically every leaf cleanup is different in its own way. You, you never know what you're going to stumble upon. You know, you, you think you have all the experience in the world and while yes, you may have a good pricing structure and a good handle on how long different things are going to take, unless you've done that property before, 
you really don't know. So when you come up to a new property, you may have all of your things. You know, you have, you know, you have a wide variety of equipment to handle any kind of leaf removal job because you've evolved to that or you've invested in that or both. You have the experience to know how to do what, what with what and how long it's most likely going to take and what your pricing structure is for that for however many people. But at the end of the day, you really don't know when it's a first-time property until you get in there. And most people will tell you that nine times out of 10, there's going to be something that's going to pop up that you did not think was going to be there. You had no idea it was going to be an issue or whatever, you know, whether it be stuff buried in the pile of leaves that you just didn't come across when you were kicking your way through to kind of give it a little feel uh, when you were walking the property just to kind of get a sense of things and you just didn't know that this whatever was here you didn't know that this you know dip was here or this manhole was in someone's backyard or this giant pile of logs was here or you know whatever Uh, you you just some there's just going to be that time so when you don't have all that kind of experience and you're first starting out, it can be quite the undertaking. It can be really, really catastrophic for your mindset and staying positive and moving forward. And it's really easy to just kind of run away from that whole scene, which is what a lot of people do. They avoid leaves, you know, you know, beyond just like mulching them up when you're finishing out mowing the season and things like that, or blowing them into the woods. If someone has the woods and it's a smaller property, you know, that, that, that's, that's really kind of it for, for most people that, that don't want to get involved with leaves. And I was one of those folks. Um, and and back to, back to, before I go on to the story the the experienced guys, even though they have, they will, they'll, most of them will admit that, yeah, you'll have those situations that are uncontrollable. That's all padded into their pricing structure too. So if they're charging a hundred bucks an hour, for example, uh, which is a good average going rate in my area, uh, you know, for leaf cleanup and removal, um, in addition to adding on dump fees and all that kind of stuff, if you're doing a full blown removal, but just a hundred dollars an hour for labor, um, per man hour, just to start off just for blowing leaves into woods, for example, that's all kind of worked into like, Hey, you know, there might be some issues that are going to come up and it's going to protect you because if you're charging by the hour and there are issues that come up, well, guess what? Your time is going to increase. Therefore your price that you're going to ultimately charge at the end of the project uh, is going to increase. So, so you're going to be compensated for that, you know, especially when if something that the customer could have told you about and they forgot, they coincidentally quote unquote forgot, you know, or they just didn't even know it existed. Regardless, that's not your issue. You know I mean? It's not like you miss mispriced or overlooked something or whatever, but anyway, so back to, you know, uh, staying away from avoiding, you know, leaf cleanups and leaf removal. I was one of those guys because it's, like I said, in the beginning, it's one of those things that it's, it's, it's different for every, for every yard. And, you know, when you're first starting out, you can't afford to invest in all this stuff. I mean, you know, you, you start out with rakes, tarps, garbage bags, you know, a backpack blower, if you're lucky, I mean, that's, that, that, that's, that's super basic and it, it becomes quite the labor intensive project to, you know, clean out leaves, people's yards. And, and you, you end up, you get contacted, you get the most ridiculous situations where, you know, people haven't had leaves removed in like, 
I don't even know, like when the house was built 10 years ago or something. I mean, it, 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 it can get crazy. You know, you could be, there could be, you know, dead animals and stuff, squirrels and stuff in these piles of leaves. If they got dogs, oh my gosh, forget it. There's going to be all kinds of piles of dog waste all over the place in there. And it's just going to be a mess. If you're trying to suck that up, that's obviously going to be a mess and get things clogged up. So it can be quite the nightmare. So you know, my first leaf job was nothing short of a nightmare. I was just starting out as my first year. I was trying to put myself out there all over um, social media. And when I say social media, I really mean just like Facebook. I wasn't really involved in anything yet. When I first started, I wasn't on YouTube. I, I, I wasn't even on Instagram. All I had was a Facebook business page because my wife recommended that I do that because she knew how important Facebook was and all that, you know, she was the first generation of the housewives and and, and everyone in her, in our generation that were on Facebook. And that's kind of where it all started. And then it's obviously grown a lot from there. But so she was familiar with how Facebook worked and was always on Facebook for, for personal things. And she would see businesses and different things that were starting to advertise on there. And, but I didn't even have a personal Facebook page. I mean, I created one like when it first came out, just, just to see what it was like. Cause you know, there was that whole, um, you know, that, that the whole, the whole, uh, uh, I don't know what the right word is, but you, you, you had the feeling or you thought that you know, going on Facebook, you could reconnect with old friends and all that kind of stuff. And cause it worked for, you know, a lot of people, but I, I never really was able to get that to work for me. Like some of my old high school friends and things that I kind of lost contact with, that was kind of like the, um, the, the, the vision that I, that I had seen or whatever, or the, the opportunity, the possibilities with Facebook was to reconnect with old friends and that, that I, you know, an old schoolmates that I had lost contact with. Cause I had no other way of, or no other idea of how to contact them. But you know, that never really worked out for me when I tried, I never found anyone that I knew or whatever. So I'm like, whatever. So I just like, I don't even know what the right words were, but like, I think I could think it was called deactivated my account. Cause I didn't want any notifications. I, I didn't even want to want to know that it existed. I, I tried to like delete it, but I don't even think that was an option. It was like deactivated or something. So that was it for me on Facebook. So fast forward, however many years later, my wife recommended uh, that I should start a Facebook business page for my lawn care business. When I first started, she said, she'll help me and all that. So she got me all set up. I had to reactivate my personal Facebook account because that's the only way you can have a business. Facebook is to react to, to have a personal one. So that I started, started that. That's a topic for a whole another day, a whole another video podcast episode, whatever. Um, but I was advertising a lot on there, uh, especially in the neighborhood that I lived in the HOA, the homeowner association that I lived in. Um, there's all, you know, like 700 houses or something and, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people in that fa- private Facebook group that I had access to. So I had a huge advantage starting off again, a different topic for a different day on marketing and, you know, getting started and, and some of the things that I took advantage of capitalized on to grow my business quickly in the first two years. Uh, but so I would just advertise whatever I could, you know, like I would think of different services that could be possible you know, that, that I could do, whether they want to do them or not, just so I can kind of get my name out there, my business name out there and start generating income for my business and start growing. So, uh, you know, leaves was one of those things that I guess I, I must've advertised or, or someone just saw, you know how it is. Someone just sees a different post, you know, you're offering, you know, mowing or something or mulch and someone's like, Hey, do you clean gutters too? Or, you know what I mean? Do you power wash houses? Like things that aren't, you know, that are, are offered by other lawn and landscape companies, but 
it's a little far off versus when you're offering mowing or mulch or, or whatever, you know, trimming bushes. Uh, so, you know, someone just contacted me like, Hey, do, do you take care of leaves? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And, you know, can, can you come out and, and, and give us a quote? So the woman lived in the HOA that I lived in where I mark was marketing stuff on Facebook, but it was for her daughter who lived in a totally different neighborhood, which is a red flag right there. You know, now that I know in hindsight, I'm going to, there's going to be a tons of red flags that I'm going to point out here. Uh, but you know, so that, that was red flag number one that they weren't even in that neighborhood. So the neighborhood that I lived in, it was manageable. Pretty much anything that anyone came up with in that neighborhood was manageable. You know, the houses were only like 10 years, that neighborhood was only like 10 years old at the time. I mean, bushes weren't too overgrown or mature yet. You know, trees weren't too out of, out of control. I mean, you know, it, it just wasn't, it wasn't, there were, there really were, was no way for any yards in that neighborhood to be so out of control that I couldn't spend a half a day or a day, you know, cleaning stuff up, you know, pulling weeds and mulch beds, putting down fresh mulch, trimming, a, you know, big old out of control bushes or whatever, like nothing too crazy. Not like these older neighborhoods that have been around 20 plus years where all kinds of craziness can go down if it's neglected. Well, that was the neighborhood, one of the neighborhoods that this lady's daughter lived in. So there you go. So that was a red flag right there. So I'm like, sure, I'll, I'll go, you know, check it out and, 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 uh, give you a quote. And again, I was communicating all with her, not her daughter. It's like her daughter didn't even exist. You know, I'm like, whatever, that's another red flag. I go out there and, um, I'm a very introverted person. So I, I, I worked in retail management 15 plus years of my life prior to lawn care. For those of you that first time ever hearing me or about anything, I came from retail management background. So I learned a lot through that. And one of the things was to be an extroverted introvert when you have to be. So like I was always um, shout out to Paul Jamison, the green industry podcast. He he's also introverted. And he said recently on some episodes of his podcast or somewhere recently on social media that he's an, he's an introvert. But he worked for radio for many years and he was taught to kind of like light up when it was time to be on air. There was a big, you know, button that's or a big, um, whatever. Uh, yeah, a button basically that would light up when it when it was hit when he was live on the radio and it says on air. So he was trained and conditioned himself that when he saw on air, boom, it's like he had to, you know, be on air. He had to, it's like he's putting on a different a different cap on a different hat and was kind of like playing the role of an extroverted radio host. And, you know, after a while you are able to condition yourself to do that at any given time, but you know, you still have to have that time behind closed doors to kind of rest and recharge and be the introverted person that you naturally are kind of re-energize and stuff in your own way, but you're able to, to be an extrovert when you need to. So that, that was what happened to me with retail management. Uh, I became an extroverted introvert. Every time I was at work, I was definitely, uh, you know, on air and I had to be like the, you know, the, the high energy for me anyway, you know, there was definitely more high energy folks than me that were naturally high energy, but I was the one that I could talk to customers, talk to my employees, you know, that just, just a positive, fun person that was, because I was introverted by nature, I was very even keel. So it took a lot to rattle me and, you know, employees would joke, man, you know, that the, the day that, uh, that he like freaks out about something, we know it's like something epic. Like we need to like, you know, run away or something. Cause it's like, things are going to go down if that's the case, because I was just always very even keeled and, and, and was able to handle things very calm and collective because of my introverted nature. So I conditioned myself to do, to, to be extroverted, 
when I needed to, but I ultimately am uncomfortable talking to strangers and in front of crowds and all that. And again, when I got on social media, that conditioned me even further for me to be able to do that. Now it's actually more of a natural thing for me, but I am still introverted and I will still be quiet in certain scenarios and kind of sit back and observe. And I definitely need my downtime to rest and recharge, but I'm involved in so much now with social media and my business that I'm, I'm pretty much, you know, an, an extroverted person almost by, you know, by, uh, by design, by choice, uh, even though I still am introverted. But when I first started my business, that was seven you know, plus years ago, I was still, in, you know, I hadn't taken the second level with social media to really get me extroverted. So the last thing I wanted to do was talk to people, make a short story long. Uh, like I like to say, that, that was the last thing I wanted to do was talk to people. So going door to door, which I also did, um, that's save that for again, another video on marketing and how I got my business, you know, quickly uh, going and everything, but going door to door, getting contacted for quotes and then going to, you know, to actually talk to people in person, complete strangers. That was very, very uncomfortable for me and out of character for me. So back to this quote, I didn't want to talk to anyone really is what it came down to. So, you know, it just made things worse for me, obviously, in the long run, which you'll find out. So I went there. I never rang the bell or knocked any doors. I basically wanted to act like I wasn't even there. I didn't want people to know, you know, I wasn't sneaking around, but I wasn't making myself known either. Looking at where the windows were, seeing if there was curtains or blinds open. Like, it's kind of crazy. It sounds crazy, but you know, somebody out there listening might, might be able to relate, but you have to get through that, get past that, get over that. So you don't have these kind of situations happen. And so that you can grow your business and your life. Ultimately, uh, I've come a long way since then, definitely. Uh, but in that moment I was trying to basically hide and get the bare minimum information that I needed to come up with some imaginary quote that I had no idea how to come up with. I had no idea. Didn't know about, you know, a hundred dollars an hour is a pretty good, you know, rate and all that. I didn't know anything about any of that. It was super brand new, just trying to figure it out as I could. And that's how I stumbled upon social media after all that, because I was trying to research and really, you know, get my game uh, on point so that I could be better and be more profitable and know what the heck I'm doing a little bit instead of just constantly, you know, failing after failing after, you know, trial and error constantly, which I still did a lot of that. But so I looked around and, you know, there's, they had this massive fence that was like pretty much at like at my head at eye level. So I had to kind of like stand on my tippy toes just to peek over just to see I'm, I'm six foot. So I had to just stand up, reach up just to look over to see the backyard. I didn't want to open the, I think the gates were locked. There's no way, you know, it's like from the inside. I'm like, what in the heck? These massive gates, there's no spaces in between. It's a w w wooden fence, I mean, with the gates. No space in between for you to look in between the wood and see in there. Complete privacy fence is obviously the whole point of that thing. Um, and so I couldn't see, barely see in there. I had to, could look over it. But the front yard was very small. There's decent amount of leaves. I'm like, all right, this isn't too bad, you know. But it wouldn't have been too bad if that's all I had to do was that. But it was more than that. So I was looking over, and as I was looking over the fence, there was a bunch of dogs. They had like two or three like big dogs that were extremely loud and barking and, you know, out basically freaked me out. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, starting to panic. Like, you know, these people are going to come to the door and now I have to talk to them or whatever. So that 
I basically just left. Like I was like, all right, I, I saw enough. I'm out of here. So I never walked in the backyard or anything. So all I did was just peer over the fence, like I said, and look. I'm like, all right, it's a decent sized backyard, but it's not too crazy of a backyard. So you know, and I couldn't tell how deep the leaves were. Right, that's a key. That's a key one right there. Um, I couldn't see how deep the leaves were. I could just see that the whole ground was covered with leaves. But, you know, what does that mean? You know, those of you that have done leaves before, you're probably cringing at, at this story step by step. All the things that I've done wrong. Another red flag, not walking into the backyard and physically walking around, kicking through the leaves, seeing, you know, what might be under the leaves, how deep the leaves are. Are there, are there layers of wet leaves underneath like they've been sitting there packed down for, you know, years or whatever? Uh, so I didn't do any of that stuff. I just left. So I, I don't even know how I came up with a price, but I came up with a price. I gave it, you know, to the lady who doesn't even live there. And, uh, sh- she said, okay, go ahead. So I'm like, great. Well, I've got a leaf cleaning job, you know? And I put that on my schedule with the, you know, the handful of other miscellaneous things I was doing. And this was probably like, I don't know, maybe like February or something. It was coming close to the beginning of like mowing season and spring for for us here in central Virginia, which is typically around March. Things start warming up. We start doing a lot more landscaping and the grass starts growing and so on. So this is probably somewhere mid to end of February, still pretty slow, but trying to do whatever I could. Right. So I'm like, yeah, I'll just add this on to the other few things that I have. Another part of the story, a friend of mine that's also a neighbor, that's how we became friends because he's a neighbor. He's also um, what you would call self-employed just because he uh, works for his, he worked for his dad's business. His dad had a tile business. It was kind of like the family business, you know, his dad, um, him and his brother, cousins, like different folks have been, different family members have been a part of it at various levels over the years. And, you know, they, they do tile work, which is you know, bathrooms, kitchens, anywhere in a house where, where you would have tiles, uh, that that's what they did. So, you know, certain times of the year they were busy, certain times they weren't. It's one of those things where, you know, it's, it's not like the grass is growing, it has to be mowed every week. It's, it's more like landscaping where you have to, you know, market and sell those jobs, you know, rely on word of mouth, try and get referrals, incentivize your customers to get more customers for you, like all that kind of stuff. Like, you know, you're not like always booked out with tile work. So he had a, a slow time and he was, you know, he knew I had started a lawn care business and he had asked me or had mentioned if I ever needed help, you know, just, you know, just let him know. And he would definitely be willing to help. He's done some different lawn care and stuff. You know, everyone says that, right? Done some lawn care uh, in the past or whatever. And I'm like, all right, cool. Hey guys, it's Marty. Let me take a moment and tell you about the ramp rack. This is a pickup insert that eliminates the need to pull a trailer just to haul your equipment. It easily installs on any 1500 to 3500 pickup long or short bed, extending the usable space of your bed by two feet. The Ramp Rack's most popular model for landscapers is the PU200. It has rear window protection and a removable shelf for push mowers and gas cans. You're going to love this. The Ramp and Dovetail have a weight capacity of 2,000 pounds. Made in Maryland, it comes powder-coated and, of course, built to last for years. Here's what I'm asking you to do. Head over to therampwrack.com and, of course, save 10% with the promo code LCR. That's therampwrack.com, and of course, we'll throw the link in the show notes. LCR not only uses the Ramp Rack, but he gives it his highest endorsement. 
Guys, I just wanted to take a minute to show some gratitude. The ratings and reviews have been pouring in. The show just started. I really appreciate you guys taking the time to go on Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review. It means a big deal to me because I'm all about feedback, how I can improve, how I can keep bringing great content for you guys, as well as it helps you know the algorithms out there, just like any kind of social media source or when you're trying to shop right on Amazon right, and you're looking at ratings and reviews, it helps you make those decisions. So the same thing goes for the podcast here. Helps people be able to view my podcast because it'll be seen, you know, the more ratings and reviews out there, Apple will promote it. So I appreciate you taking the time to do that. I want to read the ratings and reviews uh, every week. So go ahead on Apple Podcasts and submit your rating and review so we can go ahead and read yours on the show. This week's review comes from M. Gordy. I know that stands for Mitchell Gordy, my good friend with Mitchell's Lawn Care. He said, industry leader, he ain't no rookie, five stars. Mitchell wrote, very proud of my good friend Naylor on this new adventure he is taking on. I know he is going to do well, and with Mr. Producer in the studio, this podcast will be top shelf. Naylor is a natural behind and in front of the camera, so I expect these podcasts will be nothing but the best. First episode was great. Keep it coming, fellas. Thank you, Mitchell. I appreciate it. I know from friend to friend that your words mean everything, and you wouldn't have taken the time to have put in this review if you didn't mean everything that you said, whether we were friends or not. So from friend to friend and from listener to podcaster, I appreciate you taking the time for leaving that review. So guys, once again, I want to read a review every week. So please go ahead on Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review so we can get you read on the show. So he had a, a slow time and he was, you know, he knew I had started a lawn care business and he had asked me or had mentioned if I ever needed help, you know, just, you know, just let him know. And he would definitely be willing to help. He's done some different lawn care and stuff. You know, everyone says that, right. Done some lawn care uh, in the past or whatever. And I'm like, all right, cool. So he had contacted me, I think like I, I never even contacted him. I believe just coincidentally, he was like, Hey, what are you doing? I, I think he was just kind of looking to like, you know, get, do something, right? Get out of the house, get busy, maybe make a little side money or whatever and hang out. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm about to do, you know, he's like, you want to get together for lunch and then maybe we can, uh, you know, if you have anything on the schedule today or whatever, I was like, yeah, I got something on the schedule or, or a couple things. I'm finishing up one thing. We can have lunch and talk about it. So I told him about this leaf job and he was like, all right, let's do it. And, uh, <laughs> I'm glad he came with me because he definitely helped talk some sense into me with this whole situation uh, and helped kind of talk me off the ledge, I guess you would say. Uh, But, you know, I had planned. (laughs) Oh, man, I didn't plan. That's 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 the whole point, I guess, really, is is the moral of this story. Um, I had no idea what I was doing. So we went there and he's you know, I already I guess I already had stuff loaded in my my uh, F-150 pickup truck, which was the only thing I had. I didn't have a trailer or anything yet at that time. I didn't even have any mowers, like any commercial mowers. All I had was my 22-inch Husqvarna push mower with the bag that it comes with that I used to use for my house before we moved to Virginia. Um, And, you know, I had some basic stuff, you know, trimmer, blower. But I had bought a backpack blower because the previous year to that, I was still working retail management and started doing some lawns part-time 
in between whenever I could find it, a couple of day, couple of lawns on my day off and then before work, after work, whatever. Again, that's another story for another day. I've got stories about that on my YouTube channel at LCR. You can check that out if you've never, if you don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, the video right there on, on the homepage of my YouTube channel right there says my life, I thought my life was over or something like that. That spells it all out. Um, everything that I'm talking about, except for the leaf job, but basically how I, how I went from, you know, re- retail management to, uh, lawn care. So, but, but at any rate, so I, I took the little bit that I had and I just tried to do what, what I could, um, part-time the, the one year part-time, what I was saying is I saved up a, a decent amount of money for, for that year. And I bought a backpack blower to try and get into leaves, uh, that fall, which was the fall before this one. Well, this was technically going on spring now, late winter, early spring. So I did have a backpack blower. So I felt like I was invincible, right? Oh, I could blow anything anywhere. That was about it. Everything else was just super, you know, rinky dink, uh, homeowner setup. So I had all that in my pickup truck, which I traded my Jeep compass in for again, part of that other story on the video. You can go check all that out. Um, after listening to this, but we pulled up to the property and we get out and I'm starting, I'm like, Hey, can you help me get the, my, uh, my mower out of the, out of the, the truck? Or, or maybe I just grabbed it myself. Cause I put it in there by myself. So I'll just grab it. And he's just standing there all silent. And he's like, what's that for? What are you going to use that for? And I'm like, Oh, I figured, you know, I can mulch up all the mulch up the leaves and we can blow the leaves into big piles and I can mulch them all up with the mower and then I can suck them all up with the bagger and just like throw them in the, in the, in the back of the truck. Or maybe I had garbage bags. I don't even remember some of this stuff. I guess I blocked out of my memory, but whatever it was, it was just, it was just an awful idea. And he was just like, huh? Like (laughs) you could tell him being super inexperienced with this whole thing. Just, he was more experienced than I was, I guess. And he was just like, yeah, I don't think that's going to work. So then we walked the property together. So at least I had that. I was like, all right, let's take a look at the property, come up with a plan. And, you know, I'll tell you what I'm thinking. And we walked the front and he's thinking the same thing that I was thinking back when I looked at it, like, all right, you know, this is a decent amount here, but nothing too crazy. And then we go in the back and we're walking through the back and, you know, shuffling through the leaves that are like up to our, you know, mid shin level, you know, between, you know, like just below our knees and everything. And he's like, how long did you think this was going to take? And I was like, I I don't know, maybe a couple hours or something, you know, and we only had a couple hours until sunset anyway. And he's like, "Mm mm-hmm. Well, I hope you, uh, I hope you charged enough for this. This is, I think it's going to take a lot, a little bit longer than a couple of hours. And then, you know, and I'm just like, no, nah, we'll be fine. But then like you started, I started realizing, yeah, maybe this, this isn't going to work out. So it, this is, this is not what I, what I was expecting. So it, it, it start. I started to kind of get a little stressed out thinking about it. I'm like, all right, well, I'm just gonna stick to the plan. And, you know, I had a hand blower and the backpack blower. So I'm like, you know, I don't know who got what we probably traded off back and forth, but you know, we're just trying to do the best we could blowing leaves away from all the edges, obviously out of mulch beds, just trying to get them into some nice piles. And just that in itself was taking hours. And then I'm trying to like, you know, get the mower out and mulch some stuff up a hundred million times. And it's mulching it down to little bits, you know, but like, I'm just realizing that, that I'm way over my head here. And then the, 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 the kicker of it all was by the time we get midway through the yard, um, we're blowing and all of a sudden we start walking like downhill, but the whole backyard looked level, like the leaves were level across the whole yard, but we started walking down 
down like hill, like in the, in this backyard, like what the heck is going on here? Where, what's happening? So another red flag of why or, or, or how it comes back to bite you when you don't walk through a yard, you know, crisscross, diagonal, all these different things, try and get different spots, shuffle around, see what's going on, because that's when you'll find out that there is a big ditch in these people's backyard that I would probably say was it was the full width of their backyard and probably a good, uh, you know, however many feet deep so the the leaves like filled that in you, you think of it as like um when 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 some some uh, front yards they have like that drainage kind of culvert thing you know in between the street and their yard and that's so that and, and there's like you know like a, a a concrete drain pipe that goes underneath everyone's driveway and then so the water can just run all the way down the street everything's pitched properly and it goes to wherever it goes to drain uh, so this way the water doesn't build up on the street or in people's yards and all that. So picture that, if you know what I'm talking about, that was in someone's backyard. I don't know what the purpose of that was. It wasn't for drainage. It was just like some really awful part of the person's yard that was never filled in or fixed or no one just really cared. So it was, so, so that's was, was filled up with leaves. So that like quadrupled the amount of leaves that we had to remove because that whole thing was filled all the way to the top so that it looked like it was level. And I was like, Oh man, this is not, this is not good. So I, I basically, you know, we, we tapped out. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to have to tell, tell her, you know, that well, I'll be back another day. I don't even know what to do. I don't even know how, how to deal with the situation anymore. I don't know how I'm going to finish it. I have no idea. And, you know, we, we packed everything up and, um, and no one came out and I didn't talk to anyone again, you know, like I said, cause I just wanted to avoid all that. But, uh, we left and, um, uh, I'm sure there was people like looking at us out the window or whatever, if they were even home, but I never saw anyone come or go or anything like that. But my friend and I got my truck and we left. And as we were driving back home, I'm like, man, I don't know what to do. And he's just like talking to me a little bit, like trying to talk me off the ledge, like, Hey, you know, <sighs> let me give you, let, let me give you some advice. He's like, so th this kind of, you know, something similar to this has happened to me before because then he was asking me like, you know, how much, how, you know, can you just tell me how much you charged and how long do you think it would, was going to take you? And he realized that I was so far off of all of those things. He was like, all right, here's what I would do. And this is what I've done when, when I've messed up like this, there's, you know, a time when, um, uh, someone wanted an expensive tile, I priced it out. I ordered the wrong. Um, I ordered the wrong tile. So, uh, so I, I, they, they wanted a specific tile that was more expensive, but I priced the cheaper tile because of I had a number off on the part or whatever. So when I gave him the quote, it wasn't for as much as it should have been because of the the my mistake. So he was like, it was my mistake, you know. But at the end of the day, they wanted the more expensive tile. Um, so they need to pay for the more expensive tile. So I just was honest with them and said, Hey, look, I messed up. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I put in the wrong number. So we really, I need, really need to increase this quote by X amount of hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars, whatever it was. Uh, so you can get the right tile that you want and basically leave it up to them. Like, you know, I understand if, if, you know, you want to go somewhere else, but you know, I, I want to do, do this, you know, project for you. And, um, you know, just, it's my mistake. I get it. So, and he, and he just said, you know, honesty is the best policy and leave it up to them. They can either, 
you know, say yes or say no. You know, it is what it is. Either way, you're going to not work for less. You know, you're not going to lose money. You're going to make the money that you need to make. Or, or you're not going to make anything so you won't lose any money, you know, in, in retrospect, like you won't work for less or work for free or whatever. So he's like, I would advise doing the same thing with this lady, try and figure out how you're going to tackle this, you know, the rest of these leaves, whatever you got to do. I don't even know what to suggest, but try and figure it out, come up with another, maybe double your price or something at least. And just, just, just to try and help get you going somewhere to help at least cover, you know, your expenses and all that stuff. And, and just be honest with her and just let her know that you made a mistake and, you know, you, you can either just leave it and she can find someone else to, to, to finish it, you know, and you'll just call it even like you won't even charge her for what you've done, which is basically just blow leaves into piles and leave it there for them, you know, or they or they, they can pay the higher amount and you'll take care of it 100%. So I was like, all right, so that's what I did. Bas- uh, I, you know, I, I basically said the whole that whole thing to her. I increased the, I doubled the price, which still wasn't enough at the end of it all. But I just wanted this to be over with learning experience and so on. She wasn't happy, you know, as you'd probably expect. She's like, why did the price double? And I just was honest and said, I apologize. I had no idea, you know, how deep the leaves were in the backyard in a specific section of the backyard. I didn't walk over there, you know, and, and it's just, it's just much more amount of leaves that, than I anticipated. So it's going to take longer and I have to rent equipment. And I just went on and on just telling her the whole thing. And she was like, just, just fine. Just, I just want it done. Just do it. So she obviously wasn't happy and she never gave me, you know, any referrals or anything, you know, to, uh, you know, we'll just say that, but she, she fortunately never bashed me anywhere either because I, I ultimately did the job, but it just took me forever because I tried anything and everything I found, you know, which all this definitely, all these things are lessons learned that help you progress in your life and your business. So, you know, at, at that moment, I didn't think about that. And at that moment, obviously I was just stressed out beyond all belief. And I just was trying to find a way out. And I'm like, you know, at one point I was thinking to myself, man, I should just run away. I can go back to retail, even though I literally quit retail because I was on the verge of having a, a you know, mental breakdown. And I'm just like, I, I could always go back to retail. That's easy. That's easier than this. And Somehow I was able to talk myself talk myself off the ledge after that uh, and just kind of worked my way through it. The, the, the one thing I had going for me was time. I had time because I was just starting out. So it's not like I had a ton of other things going on. I wasn't didn't have a full-time job still or anything that I had to worry about. Oh man, I got to go home and get, you know, showered up and dressed. I got to go into work by five or whatever. Or I got to work in the morning all day. And when am I going to get back to this leaf job? Like I didn't have any of that as a, another added stress factor. So I basically had all, all day, every day to get this done. Though I had other jobs that I had told people that I was going to get done that week or certain days. So, I mean, I still had other lawn care landscaping work to do, so I couldn't take all day every day, but I, it was different than having like another job, another full-time job or any other kind of stressful things going on in my life that was interfering with me spending, you know, uh, nine to five or seven to four or whatever trying to take care of this person's leaves. So I, that was one of the things. So I just basically chipped away at it and I f- found a place I could rent a trailer. So I rented a, a landscape trailer so I could, you know, uh, haul the leaves away. Cause there's so many, uh, I wasn't going to bag them all with garbage bags that would have taken an eternity. Uh, so I bought some tarps, you know, I, I grabbed my rakes and was raking tarps or uh, raking leaves on the tarps, dragging them down. Fortunately, it was downhill to the street. So that was a, a big plus there. So I was just dragging these massive 
um, you know, tarps filled with leaves down right. It had it positioned perfectly. So just drag it right into the trailer, dump in the trailer, had to go to the, figured out where the dump was, went to the dump probably four or five different times um, to dump these leaves, which, you know, I was just like blowing them, shuffling them, raking them out of the trailer, just like everyone else probably does when they first start out. I mean, I know plenty of people have told me those stories uh, and still do that to this day because they don't have any big fancy setup and that's just how they do it. Uh, but so that's what I was doing. And at one point I also looked at a, a equipment rental place and looked at um, like leaf vacs. They have their, you know, these big leaf vacs is pretty much like a, a larger size push mower, but it's got a, a much larger bag on the back of it. And it's only purpose. It's like a giant vacuum, but for grass. So it's only purpose is just, you know, go over the yard and suck up all the leaves and sticks and debris. And there's like a little impeller in there, um, which is part of which, which makes it the vacuum, you know, that makes the airflow suck everything up instead of mower blades doing that. It's uh this, this little impeller, just look like a little fan blades. So things would go through that and rip that up a little bit. So it would mulch up the leaves a little bit and then go right into this bag. So, but still this big bag that was probably four or five times the, the size of a normal push mower bag still was filling up extremely fast and I think one of those bags filled up a gar a whole garbage bag. So I mean, I was just that I I did a whole bunch doing a whole part of the backyard with that thing. But I mean, there was mud and dog poop everywhere, all stuck into all the sticks and the leaves, and it was clogging this thing up constantly. And I'm trying to like unclog it without touching it, getting other sticks, and just shoving things here, there, and everywhere against the. It, it, it was literally a nightmare, you know, and I'm like renting this thing for a day here and a couple hours there and just just wasting money, just trying to figure out how to get this job done. So I did all of those things and ultimately it, it just ended with me doing the whole raking and tarping philosophy. Uh, however many more times I had to do that until it was 100% done. It probably took me several days. Again, I blocked a lot of those specifics probably out of my mind because it was such a traumatic experience. I, I finished the job. Um, I think someone either came out or I just was like, you know what, I just have to tell somebody I'm done and rang the bell and met the people for the first time. So it wasn't an abandoned house. If you guys were thinking that, listening, like I bet he got, you know, the end of this, this story is he got scammed, you know, he didn't get paid or it was like some random, you know, abandoned house or something, some real estate thing or whatever. No, they, they were living there. There was, uh, you know, a, a woman and a man, I'm guessing husband and wife, the, the woman's daughter that contacted me, they were there. They seemed completely oblivious, but, but they were like, Oh, thank you. You know, appreciate it. It looks good. You're great. You know, I'm like, all right, thanks. I'll let your mom know I'm done, you know, so she can pay me or whatever. Oh, thanks. So that's what I did. And I, I got paid perfectly fine. She mailed me a check and all that, but I never did leaves after that. I think I went five years cause this is uh, five seasons. This is season seven. Uh, last season was the first season that I started tackling leaves again on a serious level. So five, five seasons, I went avoiding leaves to the point where I didn't even go into a neighborhood. Like I didn't accept a single, anytime someone contacted me from those type of neighborhoods where I had this nightmare story experience, I just would decline say, Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. My schedule's full or you're out of my area or whatever the scenario was, whatever I came up with, because I knew where they were and I knew they were going to want, there was going to be a ton of leaves and they were going to want, you know, leaves to be cleaned up and 
people don't really want you to mow their lawn and then have someone else clean up the leaves. Like most people are trying to con- consolidate, you know, these things. And I have a whole bunch of different invoices and companies dealing with stuff. I mean, you can have someone to fertilize and then someone to mow and do landscaping stuff. That's one thing. But, you know, clean up leaves is kind of one of those things that uh, most co- people expect their lawn care company or landscaping company to do. So I just avoided those customers altogether. And I left a lot of money on the table and a lot of winter work, um, on the table as well. Uh, and I just focused on these cookie cutter HOA neighborhoods that were enjoyable. There was, you know, they have younger trees that would just kind of plop some leaves down. I'd mulch them up as I was mowing and we'd be done with it. Or some of them had woods that had, so they'd have a lot of leaves on their backyard, but they, because they had woods in the back backyard, so I could just grab my backpack blower and just blow it all into the woods. That's easy peasy, you know? So I avoided all the other stuff beyond that, where you had to actually remove the leaves. So I did that for, for at least five seasons, like I said, until I wanted to grow my business to the next level, which was always the plan since day one was to get to the point to start hiring employees, have one crew, then get to a second crew, just have like a nice medium size uh, lawn maintenance company with a couple of crews, you know, and, and we can we can generate decent income for everyone, myself, my employees, so on and so forth. Um, and that was that's always been the goal. So when I started working to that next step of, of having enough work and having enough uh, and, and finding employees, the thing was, well, what am I going to do in the winter? Am I going to let my employees go and then rehire them or find new people? I don't want to go through that. So I'm like, I'd rather just keep them on. And that's kind of like the ideal thing in my area and probably a lot of other areas in the country is ideally you just want to keep your good guys, the people that you really want to keep on, you want to keep them on through the winter, even though it's slower, unless you have a ton of snow, which that's never predictable, no matter where you are, but especially here in central Virginia. Uh, So you have to get really creative and leaves is one of those things that you can always depend on. You can't depend on when, as of this season, you can't depend on necessarily when they're going to fall, but you can depend on them falling. Uh, I've been saying a lot lately, you can always depend on the grass to grow and the leaves to fall. It doesn't matter what's going on in politics. doesn't matter what's going on you know, in the country with pandemics and all that stuff. Nature is still going to do its thing. It's not affected by that. So those are two definites there. So I had to kind of get back into leaves. I had to take that fear of leaves and really start conquering it. And you know, I utilized social media to really help me with that. I made a lot of local friends, other companies through social media as well as friends you know, that are not local throughout the country on social media. And I would watch their videos on YouTube and their posts on Instagram and Facebook. And you know, I would post my own stuff saying how I wanted to get into it. And I was trying to take on some more leaf jobs um, for some newer properties that I was taking on now that had that work. And I was just like, all right, well, I'm going to say yes and, and, and tackle this when I get there. And Going back to the old school thing of blowing things in piles, raking them on tarps and dragging them on trailers and all that kind of stuff. But I knew there was better ways. So um, I just started reaching out to people and people started reaching out to me locally like, hey, you can come check out my setup and see what, what we do and how we do it. Maybe you can get some tips or it'll help you out or whatever. So that's what I did. I made a whole video series on that. So you can also check out my YouTube channel at LCR. I have a playlist for leaf uh, removal setups. Uh, locally and I travel to do some as well Um, and just really you know got a good feel for what would work best for my type of properties my size company what's the most affordable or economical and so on and what you know what can I keep growing into and that's where I started chipping away at 
you know, investing in some different things for my, uh, my equipment setup and then taking on more leaf work, more, not, not like, like leaf jobs, like just randomly, like just taking on new clients that wanted mowing and fertilizing and maybe some landscape maintenance. And, you know, they, they wanted, uh, obviously their leaves to be removed. And they're in those neighborhoods that I avoided before, but now because I want to keep my employees year round, I want to keep work as consistently through, um, the holidays and the winter as much as possible, stretch it out as best as I can. That meant that I had to take on these properties that I was avoiding for so long so I could have more leaf work. So that's, that's what I've been doing since last season. Uh, this will be my second season going into the winter, um, with every intention of keeping, um, my good part-time employees and trying to keep us busy with this kind of work, leaf removal and other landscape, you know, pruning, different things like that. Some of the jobs that we couldn't really get to, um, you know, a few months ago that people were okay with us waiting till we were done mowing and things were lightening up a little bit with our schedule. So, you know, you really got to be creative, but the, the main thing is you really, uh, have to conquer your fears, uh, and, and, and realize the possibilities, um, with that. I mean, if, if there's any real ultimate point to all this, other than sharing this nightmare story of leaves and how, what not to do, um, and what, what, what you should be considering is, is really just, I went back to conquer something that I really did not like and that I was, you know, unexperienced with and, and honestly fearful of. And I just took it by the horns. I obviously got a lot of knowledge and research, uh, and learned a lot from my peers and mentors. Um, and then just a lot of trial and error working with them using different things, you know, whether it be a, a, a box, you know, a trailer with a, a box with a leaf vac to suck up the leaves or baggers on mowers, you know, all these different setups that are traditional when you're doing leaf cleanups and leaf removal. You know, I looked into all that stuff and I'm, I'm, you know, building that up little by little. I mean, I'm not buying or investing in all that stuff all at once. I'm still trying to figure out what's the best scenario for me. Um, again, you can watch, you know, my videos on, on, uh, YouTube, on LCR to see exactly where I'm at right now, uh, with my setup, but it's always an evolving thing. And, and I, I have an interview coming up, um, with, uh, another local landscape company who transitioned his leaf setup. He's got a great story talking about, uh, how that transition happened and going from basically tarping like I was doing. And a lot of people do to now having a dump trailer, uh, with the box built and the, and the leaf vac and just like completely, completely crushing the leaf game, like completely changed his, his whole company structure when it comes to leaf removal and just like quadrupling the productivity, um, for his leaf removal and leaf cleaning services that he offers. So look forward to that coming up and, and many other examples, many other episodes of other local and non-local folks that are doing the same thing and how they deal with leaves, how they get through the winter season, snow removal, if that's applicable for them. And uh, that's what we got coming up to help get you guys through the winter. And I, I appreciate you guys listening to this episode and listening to the podcast as a whole. Uh, definitely go ahead and, you know, post it, share it on social media. Let me know what you think. Uh, go ahead and, and, and leave a review if you don't mind, if you're enjoying it so far on, on uh, Apple Podcasts, iTunes. Go ahead and leave a review. That, that makes a big deal so that uh, I can get found more and you know more people will see and find out that I have a podcast other than just me sharing it and you sharing it. But again, I appreciate it. I look forward to more podcast episodes to come. And thank you guys and have a great winter. 
I just wanted to take a moment to thank today's show sponsor, the Ramp Rack. I personally have used the Ramp Rack for one whole season. It's been a game changer for my business. If you're looking to level up your lawn maintenance business, mowing crews, instead of pulling a trailer through all these tight neighborhoods, you can be super efficient, time-saving, just going from yard to yard, neighborhood to neighborhood without pulling a trailer, everything on your truck, utilizing the Ramp Rack. I've got a few different videos on my YouTube channel, LCR Lawn Care Rookie. You can check those out. Also, the Ramp Rack does a phenomenal job on their on their website, giving all kinds of information, pictures. You can reach out to them with questions. Go ahead and check out the Ramp Rack if you are looking to level up your lawn maintenance business like I did. All of their information and links are in the show notes. Mr. Producer here, and if you're enjoying Naylor's podcast, I recommend you head on over to his YouTube channel at LCR and see what else he's doing for the community and become a part of the LCR Media Network. Just click join next to the subscribe button and you'll have instant access to exclusive training videos, a private Facebook group to network with other members, and live streams with Naylor. You'll get access to every YouTube video before anybody else does, and you can even schedule Zoom one-on-one video calls with the Lawn Care Rookie and talk about anything you may need help with in your business, like best types of equipment, going part-time to full-time, how to get the best route density, finding your ideal clients, finding employees, or just anything else you need help with. Again, all of this exclusive access is for LCR Media Network members only. Just click join next to the subscribe button on the LCR YouTube channel and be a rookie for life. This has been an LCR Media and Mr. Producer production.